a little illustration. I feel like I'm hosting a game show. But that's not what we were going for. This is not a competition. If it was, I think Linda and Mark have won. Wonderful. So if, if, you, if you can just think about your relationship journey, your relationship's journey um, of dating, maybe in marriage, as a map. And everyone here has a map. We all operate or aim to operate with specific boundaries. And those are sort of the, the ridges of the map. We realize there are boundaries God has given us, and, and we all really agree with those objective boundaries and we function within it but inside our maps there are key points that most of us will have so we all start in a pond with fish all right and so that's sort of when we're single we're in this pond and there's many fish and then you pair up with a cute fish okay and and you and this cute fish might take a little bit of a journey down a stream and that's your dating life now and if that doesn't work out you go back to the pond and that's okay but if but eventually you find the right fish and you start dating up the stream and eventually when you feel like you want to commit to this fish, you propose and get engaged and you get out the water, right? Because you're an amphibian apparently. Once you're on the land, you start making your journey as an engaged couple towards marriage mountain because that's the big one. You've got to get married. Wedding day is important. And you make your way to marriage mountain and you get married. And once you get over the mountain, it opens up into this beautiful, calm, peaceful meadow where everything's great and everything's wonderful. And you might have some kids which are a blessing from the Lord. You might not have some kids. That's also a blessing from the Lord. And, and it's really just about enjoying life after that. And, and every one of us, our maps will, will have those markers. Okay? We'll, we'll likely have those markers. And, and there might be some similarities, but all our maps will be unique. And, and we've got a bunch of maps that we're going to learn from tonight. But I wanted to use that illustration to point out three mistakes that we can make. We can believe that there is maybe only one way, and I don't think that's right. To think that our map is the only map, and it's the right map, is a bit proud. And we need to be cautious against that and be humble. The second thing is we, we can maybe try and copy someone else's map, but no two people are the same, and no two maps are the same. And so when we take someone else's map as the only map, and we start to impose what they've done on our lives, we actually might be dissatisfied and end up sad. And the third mistake is this, is to think that we cannot learn from other people's maps. And there is wisdom to be ha learned from other people. And so we want to look at the maps of these people. We want to learn from their stories. But we're not here to do comparison. We're here to just hear their stories, maybe some mistakes, a lot of wisdom. And we're going to hear what we can learn and trust God to use that and execute that in our lives. And our aim is this, that we would learn from wisdom in community. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get straight into it. So why don't you bow your heads. Our Father God, we just, we just thank you for marriage. Thank you that it is a good thing. That it is something you designed, and as the designer, you know how it works. And yet you have left it quite open for us. There are a lot of things that you have said are, are important and blessings that we should strive for as people who, who want to be married. You have said it is a, a way to reflect the gospel, but there's also just a lot of openness. And yet you have called us to learn wisdom from being in community. And so I pray for us who hear that we would have open hearts, that we would come with open postures, not with critical spirits. And we would bless and honor these couples who share vulnerably with us, and we would receive from them. And I pray mostly, God, that your Holy Spirit would be bringing revelation and understanding for us where we need it. 
pray there would be an atmosphere of peace and joy and love in this place that we share together. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to ask our panelists to just go through and introduce themselves and, and to just share a quick, and, and one, one of you can do this, just a quick two-minute summary of your relationship, your story. Just a two-minute summary, meeting, dating, engagement, marriage. Okay, up to the... We'll, we'll start at this end, if you don't mind. Because I, oh, I, right. I, just, I just wanted you to note two things. Firstly, that the, the obviously the much, <laughs> the, much, the much older couple have got notes because we might forget what we need to say. And secondly, that you'll notice that the couple that's been married the longest, the man has the mic. So guys, <laughs> you, you need to just make sure that you stay in control. Eh? I said I'd answer this question. Um, Mark came to the church I attended. Um, he was asked to come there and tell what it was like to be a Christian in the army. Yes, he's that old. He had to do the army. And um, I do have a, a weakness for men in uniform. And he did look very handsome in his uniform. And um, I had to help him find the house where we had coffee after church because there were no GPSs. And he didn't know where to go. And um, so I offered to help him. And when we got home, there was a note on the fridge from my mother saying, feel free to invite Mark for lunch on Sunday, which I did. And um, to, cut <laughs> to cut a long story short, we met in January. We got engaged in July. We got married in December. I was 22. He was 24. And next Friday is our 33rd. Awesome. And I know we mustn't go on too long, but I must just tell you the first date was rather traumatic because, you know, the first date's always like, let's go to movies. So I pluck up the courage and ask Linda to go to movies, and she says, well, can't we rather do something else because we don't really know each other, and if we go to movies, we're just going to sit there and we won't be able to talk. So it was quite traumatic. But, <laughs> but, but I managed to hatch a good plan. We went up Table Mountain and out to supper, and I mean, the rest is history. Wonderful. Okay, I've just been told that I will take this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Rolls and I, um, we studied together and worked together at a church in East London, and we were just good friends, as that word goes. And um, anyway, so after a couple of years of being friends, he was in other relationships, I was in other relationships. Um, yeah, when we were single after a while, he just started liking me, kept wanting to have me talk. Actually, I started liking him, and I wanted to have these talks. <laughs> um, and anyway, after years and years of friendship, a couple of talks, and no, we're just friends. Finally, the Lord opened his eyes to what a wonderful person I was. <laughs> took him a while. And um, anyway, so long story short, we started dating um, after Roland accepted the call here. And we started dating, we did a year apart, we got engaged in the November, I moved here in with Pastor Don Terry in the January, we got married in the March. And How long have you been married? Oh, almost six years. So I'm going to take the first part because this doesn't make sense if I don't say this. Um, so I actually met Kelly in this church building um, and... I remember I was actually on the worship team that night. I wasn't leading yet. I was too young. Um, I hadn't got to that stage, you know. Not that you have to be as big as stage. <laughs> also, dig myself into a hole often. Um, I was 
playing electric guitar and I noticed this very attractive woman um, in the second row and I was very distracted that time of worship. Um, and when my sister went over go, to go say hi to her friend, um, I thought that would be my opportunity to go and meet the new person. And I went there and I said hi to her and we just said hi. And that's what we said that time. So something interesting about that night was the friend that had brought me turned to me at this point after we had just and she was like, you should totally marry that guy. <laughs> and we got married. Um, not straight away, though. We, um, <laughs> you know, you're in a church, make it official. No, so we, um, we hung out a little bit for about a month, and then we made it official, started dating, and then five years later, we got engaged. And then, yeah, that was 2009 when we started dating, and we've now been married for two and a half. Wonderful. So as you can see, we've got couples from a variety of seasons. We've got the relatively newlyweds, and we've got some also newlyweds, but with little kids, um, beautiful um, boy and a girl. And then we've got the experts um, on that side who have um, adults as children and grandchildren, which are also a real blessing. So I was wondering if you could share with us some of the challenges and blessings of your current season, just the space that you're at. From your perspective, what do you see as a, a challenge and a blessing? And, and for Mark and Linda, you guys can speak backwards as well, uh, maybe speaking to the teenage years, which is a real blessing um, for their children. All right, but let's start, let's start on this side. Glenn and Kelly, can you maybe just share into that? So um, I'll start with the, the blessings. Um, so one of the beautiful things about being married is at night we can say goodnight and go to sleep. We don't have to say goodbye and drive. You know, I, I used to have to drive like half an hour to get home. Um, and it's just such a beautiful thing being able to do life together and share a home and just do like normal things together, like cleaning the house and cooking supper and stuff. Um, and so I, that's one of the things that I think is such a huge blessing is just doing life. With you. And a challenge, or one of the blessings actually on that as well, is for me, I'm a, I'm a very company-orientated person. I love being with people, and I also just love having company. Even if I'm not chatting with her, if she's just in the room, that's really nice for me. Um, and it was, it was a weird thing, you know, like when I was a kid, I, I often used to have times where I'd struggle falling asleep because I was alone by myself. And it's a strange thing, but it's like just having someone in that room with me when I fall asleep is so beautiful for me. Um, very special. And I know that probably sounds awkward, but I ran this past her. <laughs> um, and a challenge for us is we, because we both, we, we, don't, we have non-traditional jobs, um, a challenge for us is we spend a lot of time together, which is amazing, but for us, we've got to be intentional about making quality time together because it's very easy to spend time together. Um, and then we can be like, oh, we spend time together, let's do, go and see another person. But we've got to like, just be aware that we've, we've got to be spending quality time together. Awesome. So um, for us, the, the blessing of the season has just been an abundance of character growth and wisdom. All right. And I say that seriously. I don't, I don't mean that in a funny way, although it is funny. Um, I think just, you know, you always hear your parents say, you will only know this when you have your own kids. All right. Um, and it's so true. So we're in that season. We're like, oh, my goodness, that's why they said that. Or that's why this is important. And we're just in that season where it's just, just wisdom. God's just pouring that out. I've just seen that. Um, huge character growth in a good way, and getting to be parents is awesome. So, so I think learning to be parents, getting to see God's heart, um, 
for, for us through being able to parent is just a huge blessing. So that's a massive blessing of the season. The challenge is being parents, right? So like the challenge is, I think, learning to be a married couple um, with children and prioritize ourselves as well as be great parents. I think that's a massive challenge. It sounds simple and understated, but that's in, in, like in a nutshell one of the hugest challenges we've, we've, we've had. So yeah, that's it. I think for us, the uh, blessings of the season has been uh, inheriting a son, or not inheriting, but uh, with one of our daughters marrying, we now have a son. So that's been very exciting. We now have a, an adult married couple, part of our family. And uh, then double blessings is a grandchild. We've got a nine-month-old granddaughter. And that's a wonderful stage to be in, to have fun, uh, not, not like uh, the, the, these folks. That are, that are in every moment of it, we can have the fun bits and then hand her back when, uh, for, for her mom and dad to have the bad nights. But uh, it's, it's really, really such a blessing. Uh, I get into trouble because uh, I, I post pictures on, on Instagram of my granddaughter and then the person gets upset because I beat her to it. Uh, I've, got to, I've got to check with her first which, which pictures I'm allowed to post. <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, an, another blessing of the season is uh, when you... Get to our stage, uh, I think there's less striving, especially career-wise. I don't need to prove anything to anybody and sort of not aiming for the, the next promotion. So I'm really enjoying that stage in life where you know, I, I can sometimes say, say what I feel when, you, when you're younger. You sometimes uh, don't, don't want to speak out because uh, you don't want to kind of upset or offend. And as you get older, uh, you do get braver in terms of kind of speak, speaking your heart and speaking your mind. Uh, what's also nice is having a bit more disposable income, having uh, educated uh, twin daughters uh, that studied and studied for a long time. Uh, they're now both uh, working, and uh, so that, that's great to have a bit more, more money and more, and more time to spend together, because obviously with adults, it's uh, less demanding that uh, we've got more, more time for each other, so that's very exciting. And then on the challenges side, I think uh, the empty nest is quite a, a tough thing to adjust to. We've been a very close family, and the natural thing, but when adult children move out, get married, uh, our daughter Robin's moving up to Johannesburg to start a new job in January, so uh, one's got to get used to uh, living, living more on your own and, and, and being less, less close in terms of time spent with children. The other reality, uh, which is not that pleasant, is actually seeing our, our parents getting old and dying. Uh, that's not a, not a nice stage. And then realizing that kind of we, we the next old topic is coming, coming down. <laughs> down the line that uh, we, we, we're heading in that direction of now being the, uh, the, the, the kind of getting to a past middle age almost. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, not almost. <laughs> and, and, and I think that, that, that's it probably uh, really in terms of, uh, right. I, I think the, the, the reality check too of, of significance in life that you realize you, you, you passed half, halfway and uh, you know, Time just seems to go faster, and so you get more focused on uh, what's going to be significant and what's going to be lasting, because uh, you get a sense time's running out. Wonderful. Thank you. Next question that I'd like to, and I just want to throw this one out there. If you feel like you want to tackle it, go for it. What, in your understanding, is the purpose of marriage, and, and did that change when you got married? Your understanding of the purpose of marriage and what it's for. Um, I was reading, actually, that... Um, a while ago that marriage was the first institution that God put in the Bible for us um, and it's meant to be a picture of his love 
Um, and if you know the verses about Jesus being the groom and the church's bride, it's a beautiful picture. And so for me, the main purpose of marriage is meant to be that we are a witness to God's testimony. And that would be our desire to, to show them. Um, so I believe that when, when Jane and I started dating, we were both um, complete individuals and we didn't get together to compete one another. Um, and that in being married, we we're able to, um, to have our joint purpose for the kingdom come together and complement one another. So um, it's not a case of I've got half the picture and Jane's got half the picture and together it works. It's more. I've got my role in the kingdom, he's got his role, and together we get to have it be infinitely better and stronger and, yeah, just more cool. And one thing to add on to that, because I agree with all of that stuff, um, and there's one other thing that I feel that marriage is, another purpose of marriage is actually a gift from God um, to us. And, like, there's a romantic aspect to it that we can sometimes, I know Kelly and I have sometimes, you know, over-spiritualized things and forgotten sometimes, oh my gosh, there's this beautiful gift as well. That is also just this amazing gift that we can have this love between each other and this, this closeness um, between one another. And I think that's another beautiful purpose of marriage is to be able to be close with someone. And in that way, it kind of is a witness to how your relationship can God can be because it gives you a bit of a snapshot of that intimacy that you can have with God. Wonderful. Roles and mans, I'd like to start with you guys, and then if the others want to jump in on this one, you guys can too. But following on from that, how have your expectations of married life and of marriage shifted since you guys have been married? Um, I think in some ways, like, the more challenging thing is, like, because we've been friends for so long and communication has always been so easy and hanging out has always been so easy, I think um, the slight change in expectation is that I thought it would always still be that easy. Like, you don't really have to work at communication because you just know how to communicate because you've been friends forever. But then you get married and you realize, oh, wait, there's actually things I don't know about you or things you don't know about me or there's um, yeah, ways that I communicate that you don't yet know. And so I think it's, it's always a growing thing, which is such an exciting thing because you think you know somebody and, and love them, but as you keep growing together, as you keep learning together, and you keep getting to know them in a deeper and figuring out their heart and their mind and, and how they really think and how you really think, I think it just it keeps growing and it keeps getting better. In some ways, that's been a challenge because, um, yeah, I always just thought it would be easy. And I've actually realized you have to work at communicating. You have to work at getting to understand each other. Yeah, getting to know each other. I um, just want to add, I totally agree with that. I think I just want to say that my expectations marriage have been exceeded marriage i had like high expectations going in um and just honestly marriage is so much better than i thought it was going to be for a number of different reasons um but it's also been incredibly challenging in ways that i never expected it to be you know so exactly what man just said you just have the sense i mean we were friends we had the blessing of being friends for a long time and there's that momentum of your friendship which sort of like carries you forward and um and you think that's going to be enough but you go into marriage and you realize like my marriage is not good because my friendship years ago was good there's, like, there's a real sense of having to work. And I think you can be taken off guard a little bit if you're naive to the fact that you actually have to still work. You know? So you sort of like seal the deal, you get married, and um, you, you really have to put effort in. And it's a huge blessing. Um, 
But I think those were expectations. I was just like, we've got this. You hear stories from other people, you know, about how difficult it is. But you always think your, it's like the exception clause, you know. Your friendship is the one that's different. You know, your marriage is the one that's different. But the reason why everybody shares the same stuff about marriage who loves the Lord is because it's the same for most people, almost everyone. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's a super blessing, but also it's going to be tough. Anyone else want to jump in before we move on? Yeah, I, I think for us, the, probably what one of the biggest challenges, in a sense, was realizing that the kind of idealistic, uh, kind of beautiful or romantic thing about marriage obviously is there. The kind of routine of doing life together and all the kind of stuff of running a home uh, is quite quite a shock to the system. But both of us had sort of not, not kind of lived independently of our families, and so the reality of you know, shared chores and the washing and the dishes and mowing the lawn and whatever uh, you know, one really needs to work work through and, and share all all those tasks. So I think that, that's quite a kind of shock to the system in terms of the hard work part of just doing life together. But Obviously, it's fun too. It's not uh, kind of all boring. Uh, I, I learned a, a trick quite quite early on that Linda's very fast and gets everything done. And so I learned that if I wash the dishes very slowly, then she'll get irritated and she'll take over. I think um, if we look back on our whole married life, you have expectations of every stage. Um, and when we got married, I was still a student. We had a motorbike. We went to varsity every day. It was so cool. We thought that's just life, how we do marriage. Um, and then reality sets in, and we're both working, and, and then children come, and that's, that's another big expectation. <laughs> this, you know, not just happy sitting, having tea. Um, the motorbike had to go when the children came. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and then as, you know, as you, like now we've just been, kind of all still going through that whole empty nest thing. It's another, I thought it would be something like this, and I've had to adjust my thinking, and we've had to look at our relationship again and say, okay, this isn't quite what we expected, it's harder, um, and then you draw strength from each other. Mans, you mentioned um, about learning one another. There's this, um, and it, you don't have to answer this, but maybe also Glenn and Kelly could speak into this. Um, we hear about the, the love languages. There's a book that's been written, and a lot of people speak about the love languages. Have you found that helpful, and how have you found that helpful? Clearly, I've chose the right question, yeah. We were actually discussing this before home, and we're like, shucks, we've never read the book. <laughs> And I said, well, uh, I think yours is this and this. And he was like, hmm, <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to get the book, so we'll get back to you. Did you Google, man? Okay, maybe. No, hold on. No, I can ask this. I'm, I'm, I know my wife, or I don't need the book. <laughs> right? So I've found it very helpful to know that you can wrap a stone and give it to Mandy as a present. She'll be happy. All right? So it's really been a blessing to know that it does help. The love language is not a stupid idea, but I wouldn't say that there's only five. I think you need to discover each other, know each other well, and definitely employ them as much as possible. Um, I'm still figuring out what mine is, but definitely give Mandy a present and your friends forever. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, well, we haven't read the book either. Um, oh, Kelly has read the book. <laughs> Failed to mention that in the preparation stages. Um, so, yeah, no, I think one of the things for us is that whole idea of recognizing 
And I, I think you touched on that, Ronald, recognizing what makes the other one tick in terms of what their expression of love is and how they receive love. Um, and so for me to understand, like a big one for Kelly's act of service, like let me not go and do something that's not going to speak to her, but let me rather do something that's act of service. So for me, I'll like try and make an effort. If I, oh, just if, even if it's something small, like there's a glass in the lounge, let me take it to the, um, let me take it to the kitchen so that she doesn't have to do that because for her that means something. And so trying to speak on, on her level and on her, in her language, yeah. Great. We're going to pick up the pace a little bit because I definitely want to get through some of these. Um, we've spoken about learning about your spouse, learning one another. What are some of the things that you've learned? That was very quick. What are some of the things you, you guys have maybe learned about yourselves through marriage? I know um, Tim Keller also speaks about this. He says, you know, the person you marry will change. You know, the person you're, you're married to is not necessarily the same person you're married to 10, 20 years down the line. So how, how have you changed and how maybe even have you seen one another change? And, and particularly, what are some of the big things you've learned about yourself through marriage? And I'll leave that open to everyone. I'll just start quickly because there's two things that we both said immediately when we spoke about this. We're like, we learned that we're a lot more selfish and a lot more proud than we thought we were before we got married. Um, so yeah, do you want to elaborate on that? And we've got to work through that because it's very difficult to say sorry sometimes when you're in a conflict, but that's what we, our, our thing is we've got to learn to say sorry um, and recognizing what did I do something wrong, then I've got to say sorry. I can't be proud and hold on to that because if I do that, then there's poison and it's, it's festered. Um, yeah, so for me, I think before I was married, because of my past, I'd quite a um, hectic past before. So when I got saved, I was quite intentional in having the Lord work um, and refine and character stuff. You know, like it was something I was really like big on. And I kind of felt that I'd come to this place. Where I was like, oh, I'm doing quite well. You know, a lot of my character things are quite sorted and I think I'm good now. And then I got married. <laughs> and then the Lord just like, you know, I think you can only grow to a certain point and but you know when you're single but when you get married all of a sudden you get you realize there's more stuff in your heart that needs to be worked on and then you have kids and you realize oh my goodness like I'm not as patient as I thought I'm not as gracious as I thought or whatever so I think um yeah the Lord has really through this just used it as a refining time which sounds bad but actually it's so good because as he refines us we become more like him um Great. Um, so some, some key things were mentioned there that really um, play a role in terms of arguments and conflict. I know, roles you've mentioned to me that you and Mandy have intense fellowship sessions. Um, would you like to unpack that and maybe just speak about how do you guys resolve that, resolve arguments when they do happen? Um, yeah, just speak into that space. All right. So we do call it intense fellowship, all right? Um, because, and it sounds cheesy, but I really love it because it speaks to something that I think is incredibly important. I say intense fellowship instead of arguing and fighting because it reminds me of the fact that we are actually supposed to be partnering together. So I think when we speak about having an argument, it's okay. So you use whatever you want to use to describe what it is that you do when you're not in agreement with one another. But we just call it intense fellowship, or at least I do. And we've had intense fellowship about a lot of stuff, right? And some of it's more intense than others, all right? But it's always fellowship. And I think... Um, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind was we had one of those times we were, we, were, we were arguing about whether we should argue in front of the kids. All right? now, now, that sounds funny, but our, my reasoning was they need to see mom and dad resolve stuff. And Mandy was like, this is for behind closed doors. All right? I was like, this is not. And 
actually, I got to a point where I was becoming, you know, not so pleasant to be around. And at that stage, it probably wasn't good for the kids to be there. Um, but this is how we resolved it. I think just realizing that this, this, that this person's part of your team, um, you are ones together. You're not an individual and by yourself and can just come and go. Actually, in marriage, you're united. You're one flesh. You become one person um, before the Lord. And I think there's a real um, biblical principle here. Yeah, as soon as I start to dishonor my wife, I actually dishonor myself. As soon as I start to break her down, I break myself down um, and vice versa. And so I think you have to come to the place where you're going, I need to love my wife like I love myself because I am loving myself and I'm loving her at the same time. And that might sound strange, but that's it's like biblically true. And I think um, we resolve it, we do, by taking some time, right? We definitely can't argue or fellowship intensely late into the evening, right? Because then it just goes south, right? Um, sometimes you need to speak it out. I think if you stick too hard and fast to that, let's not let the sun go down on an argument. You can be there until the sun comes up again, and then the argument's even worse, and you don't even know how you got to where you are. It's just been this train of like destruction. And so I think we've got to this point where we're like, we're tired, we go to bed, or we sit and we think about it. Um, and most of the time, Mandy comes back and says, sorry, you know, so. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, no. I'm, just, I'm joking. Most of the time we come back together and they. <laughs> oh, there no, might be an intense no, fellowship session tonight, so I'm just saying. No, my, my, my wife is incredibly gracious, and, and I say that, Jess, but she'll even say sorry for stuff she doesn't have to say sorry for. And that's, and that's, and that's how we resolve it. I think just humble and remembering that so this is the person God's given you, and there's no one like them. Yeah. I'll give space for one more. I, I think in terms of managing conflict, what is very important is uh, to make sure that you don't avoid it. I, I grew up in a family where we tended to avoid conflict. You know, if, if I had a problem with you, then I would chat to you and say, please go and you know, pass on the message. And that's very unhealthy and something that, that I learned. And so it, it's important to speak out about stuff uh, and, and tackle it and, and face it and Make sure you, you deal with it and not avoid it. And, uh, one of the, the, the long silences and those speaks kind of stuff, that, that, that's really un, unhelpful. And I think what also, especially being further down the road than some of these couples, what is also important is to realize that you're going to go through really stressful times. You know? If you're blessed with children, small children usually come when you're kind of at the most stressful part of your career. And uh, sadly, you, you tend to take out your frustrations on your spouse because uh, it's a safe place when you get home and you've had a rough day and things are very stressful. You, you do tend to kind of bucket dump, as they call it, on, on your poor wife when you get home. And so things, things can be really tough. So you've got to be able to, to deal with that and be open and honest and talk to each other. Open question for all of you then. How have, how have you guys in your marriage incorporated mentorship and uh, counseling, if you have? How, how have you incorporated mentorship and or counseling in your marriage, if you have? Um, so Glenn and I are both really blessed that um, we each have parents that are still married. And um, so both sets of parents are such a godly example to us of what marriage is supposed to be. Um, and so we spend a lot of time with our families and, and we also make a point of surrounding ourselves with people who are older than us um, that, are, that love marriage and that are just an inspiration to us um, just in doing life with people. Um, so we don't necessarily sit down with the same couple once a week and you know, have intense conversations about our marriage and theirs, 
but just in doing life with people who are doing marriage really well and um, are able to honor each other and honor God in their marriage is something that we yeah, I think we would be exactly the same, Mark and I also were privileged to grow up um, with Christian parents um, and, and also because then therefore we've been involved in church since we were very little, we've, we've seen marriages and in fact there are some still today that, that we would want to emulate, um, even as though they are now in the 80s something that we really would strive for. Um, we were also given advice by my parents, actually, when we got married, that if we did have marital problems, that we wouldn't talk to friends um, and, and that we would seek professional, objective um, counselling outside of our circle. Um, we, we haven't had um, such a thing, but we've had our own, our own individual mentors, um, um, although that hasn't kind of been a marriage thing. But I think I agree with what Kiki and Dennis said. They're just people that you surround yourself with. But if there were problems, you feel Right. Um, starting with uh, roles and bands, what, what maybe are some of the boundaries that you guys set in place as a couple? Are, are there boundaries that had to be set in place as, as a married couple? Um, and, and what were they? Yeah, I think, I think just a few, because there are tons, and I think but popular belief actually, actually need to be boundaries in marriage. I think um, uh, for me straight away, just think about the season we're in um, uh, with our kids. I think the way uh, we discipline our kids, um, there are boundaries set there. I think uh, none of us sort of, I mean, neither of us push that because we want to honor each other and we honor our kids and we realize that we both share wisdom to speak into an issue and sometimes we differ, but we've often found places where we uh, agree and we set up boundaries like that. Um, Obviously, when it comes to disagreeing, you know, how far we take a disagreement and how we continue with it, I think there's boundaries there. And I think just for myself, also personally, as, as a man, to honor my wife, there's certain boundaries that we've spoken about that I've set up when it comes to me, and especially the nature of my job, being in ministry, what I will and won't do when it comes to dealing with um, uh, ladies. So, so where I'll set up boundaries, Mandy knows strictly where those are, and I know where they are, and it, I think that's one of the most important boundaries we have. Um, and I think just... Yeah, in raising kids, there's, there's like tons of what we'll expose them to, uh, where we'll allow them to go, what we'll allow them to do, that sort of stuff. Those are some of the real strict boundaries that we have in place. No, in our lives, yeah. Anyone else want to speak into that? Yeah, just three, three points in terms of boundaries that, that we've set. One is that uh, we don't have secrets from each other. And an example of that is our phones. We both know each other's passwords and not that we use each other's phones often, but you know, we we both are quite happy to have the other person you know, look at our phones and, and read our messages. So I think that's quite an important one. Uh, also, not sharing intimate details of our marriage relationship with others. That's very important. Not to talk outside of the, outside of the, the marriage you know, without permission. And then the third one, which I think is an important one, is a pact to not belittle each other in front of others or, or our children. I think that's very important. Charles made a similar point. Really great. Um, starting with Glenn and Kelly, how has your role in community, particularly in the church community here at Connect, how has that shifted, how has that changed from when you were single to you know, when you got married? So we, in terms of how our role in terms of ministry has changed, we don't feel it's changed too much because we started as we, as we you know, got engaged, as we've been dating, started slowly doing things together and, and doing ministry together. Um, but I think as far as how's our role in church changed, um, it's changed, you know, in the way that we relate to people. Uh, 
Ah, complete forgot. <laughs> Sometimes you forget the thought. How has how the role changed? Yes, how have you stayed plugged in? No, no, no. I remember the question. I forgot the answer. Exam situation. Um, so, basically, happen again. Yes, okay. One of the things we try and do... Where are my notes? Could I please? I'll just answer your questions. People think I've 33 years worth of experience. It's amazing. Um, so, one of the things that we've wanted to do since we've got married um, is like we've set ourselves alongside older people uh, to just learn from them and just watch them and talk to them about how marriage is done. We want to you know, come alongside people who are in a life stage before us. So are you dating? Are you engaged? And just walk a road with you. Um, and not that we have masses of experience, but just, you know, it's, short, it's like on the brain. We know the challenges of those um, stages. And just be able to do life with those people and come alongside them. It doesn't even have to be a formal thing, but it's just a thing of like, you know, minister, because now we're in marriage, in this place of marriage, we can minister to people who are thinking about getting married um, and just help if they need help in anything like that. Jumping to Linda and Mark then, how have you guys stayed plugged in over the season of your almost 30 years of marriage? Um, as I said earlier, we both grew up in homes where our folks were very involved in the church, so we kind of lived at church on Sundays. And we wanted to carry that forward. Um, so we love Sundays. We love being at church. Um, when our kids were little, they came, they sat at the back like the, the moms bring now with my food and whatever. And we kind of got tried to get involved wherever we could because at some stages it's very hard. Like Rose and Mandy are in that stage now, it's hard. Um, so we kind of just tried to slot in where our kids were. So if, um, in Joburg, when we moved up to Joburg, um, we ran the kids' club there because they went, and so we didn't have to find babysitters. Um, but I think, so we've kind of tried to see, and as they've left home, we've got more flexibility, we've had more time, we could get involved in things outside the church, but still, we always felt that, like, our work is our ministry and our, is our mission field, but we wanted to do something extra. And because we have a love of church, um, it, it's just like, it's a pleasurable thing. And I think there's great value in what Glenn and Kelly are saying, where you know, you learn from life experience, and even if you're only just a little bit ahead, you do. And the, the beauty of church, and that's what makes me sad, is it's, it's, it's two things. You go to receive, but you also go to give. And, and I wish I could inspire people more, um, because when you, when you don't go, you miss out, but so do other people. Um, and we've had the blessing of other people speaking into our lives, and that's what I love about the services intergen thing that you know, we can all learn from each other. Um, and I think I want to encourage you at every stage of your life going forward, stay plugged in. I know, I uh, also just quickly want to share, Mark and I moved to Joburg when our girls were 10 months old. And I'd grown up in Cape Town. I knew I could go to any church, even an Inkheer one, and I'd probably know someone. And I got to Joburg and didn't know anybody. And we stood there after church having our tea with these two beautiful babies. And everyone would come and say, oh, cute babies. <laughs> and they'd move on. And it, it was a real wake-up call for, for Mark and I. It was a hard time. And until we fit, we really got plugged in in our church, we had no family. But it, it changed just like that when we made friends. And, yeah, so we are just love church. and It's our life, really. On a, I mean, we just love having Sundays. Kelly? Um, 
So similar to what Linda and Mark are saying, um, for us, we love community. And so something that we've been very intentional and deliberate about is not um, just doing a whole lot of stuff on our own, not leaving social gatherings super early so we can hang out alone, but actually being very intentional about spending time with people. And when we are with people, not only hanging out with each other and sitting like this and like being like attached to the hip, but actually being in a space with people and actually hanging out with the people that are there. And um, that's like a very intentional decision that we've made um, to actually be in community and not just be hanging out in community, but with each other. Great. Um, we've got a few more questions and we're running out of time, but I'm going to jump to you, Rolls. The, the concept, um, there's a concept called the seven-year itch um, that people speak about. Um, it's this fear of lifelong commitment is really what it boils down to. How did you wrestle with that? Did you wrestle with that? And, and how can people who maybe are wrestling with that wrestle with it? Yeah. So Lots of wrestling. So I, I know this might sound weird, but, but I dealt with, and I think most people do if you're serious about marriage, I dealt with the fear of lifelong commitment before we got married. Um, and, I, and then I journeyed that. And it's like trying to contemplate space, and it never ends. You know, it's just it blows your mind. And I say that in a very real way, but I sat there thinking about being committed to one person for the rest of my life, and it was never, Mandy's not good enough for that. It was, do I have the ability to do that? I think was more the question that I was wrestling with. Um, and I remember chatting uh, to Pastor John about that, and after some really good conversation, um, I came out humbled, uh, rebuked, and uh, challenged to, to not be so selfish and to trust the Lord. And um, uh, I really appreciated that, and God really did speak to me in that. And so um, I committed uh, to trust in God and relying on Him, and I haven't, I haven't really struggled with that since. One more thing, sorry, Brian. Um, I have thought, though, and I'm going to be honest, because I think we must be honest here, I have thought at times when it's been really difficult, um, you know, what would have happened? What would my life have been like if I was single? It's like it's never been about someone else or what would have been like if I'd married to this person. It was what would have happened if I'd never got married. And then I'm hit with the very real reality that as people, we tend to always, always analyze the best of where we're not when we're in the worst of where we are. And so there's a sense in which like the grass is always greener. And I know for a fact that if I wasn't married um, and I hadn't met Mandy, I'd be sitting there going, oh, man, I wonder what it would be like if I was married, if I just wasn't single. You know, and you always ask that question when the worst of the worst is happening to you when you're single, and you always ask those questions about not being married when you're in a really tough place in marriage. But it's always come back to, like, this is my decision. This is God's best. And I really do enjoy that every single day. It's like I wouldn't really actually want to be in the Thanks, Rolls. Jumping to Linda and Mark, um, how have you guys uh, so-called kept the spark alive as our experts? Um, how have you maintained intimacy over the years? Um, yeah, Mark said I can start. <laughs> um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of um, marriages go into difficulty at our stage. Um, and, you know, there are those, those kind of jokes that midlife men get a new wife, a new car, or a new job. Um, and actually, the reality is that you do have to work at things, but I don't mean that in a laborious, horrible way. Um, and so I just, we've just jotted a few things down. Mark and I have an annual date. I mean, we have more dates, but the annual date is on our anniversary, we go away for a night and we discuss out of one to 10 areas of our life as a couple. So how are our finances doing? How's our, um, how are our parenting going? 
um, how is our intimacy going, and we, we rate ourselves, and if we've got it, well, we, we discuss the rating and why it's low, what we can do, whatever. Um, and I'm not going to talk too much about physical intimacy. I know how young people are very grossed out by all people talking about anything intimate. So I just, and Mark and I were just saying that it's important at every single stage of your life that part of your marriage is very important, and it's crucial. So the honeymoon phase is all very exciting. It changes as you change and you go through seasons in your life, so that physical intimacy changes, but it remains very important. And if there are struggles in that area, it affects everything and, and help should be sought. Um, we like to have uh, lots of dates, um, and I think it's important. They don't have to be expensive. People kind of think that a date is like getting, always getting dressed up and um, Mark and I, um, we actually love going for coffee, so it, I'm a very cheap date, actually. Except I, pay, I often pay out of my money, hey? <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, so, yeah, dates, we do like that. Um, and I think the other thing is keeping spontaneity. Um, also, at our age, it's quite hard. You sort of get set in your ways, and I hate to admit that. Um, Often I sit in the same place at church, and I'm, I'm decided I must really change that because you've got to change it up all the time. But keeping spontaneity live and like not of the normal like Thursday night we, you know, we normally do this have supper. Da, da, da. Mark come home and say, well, let's get on the scooter and go down to Musenberg for a walk on the beach. That kind of thing, making things fun, um, and doing fun things together. Uh, we love swimming at Dalebrook in the mornings. Um, and we have we like sports, so we do a lot of fun things and um, that kind of thing. And then the other thing we thought of also is um, travel and going to different places. And again, this doesn't have to be expensive, but just there's something about for me packing a bag and going over Solaris Pass or through the tunnel, um, just exploring new things together. So you keep making new memories. Um, I think that's kind of. Great. Well, we, we've got to wrap up now, but I'm going to ask you all to answer one last question in literally a sentence. Uh, Mark just so speaks about how we're often always looking for a we often have a list of the things we want in a spouse, but very uh, less of the time we don't we don't have a list of the things we should be to be ready to be a spouse. And so, what are some of the things you guys have done that prepared you to be the best spouse that you could be? Uh, it's one of the things that I prepared myself to be and also I'm still learning and I, I think I'm going to continue to learn is selflessness um, and to be a servant to my wife um, which I get wrong very often but like that's something that the Holy Spirit has been convicting me more and more of having a servant heart towards your wife. The only requirement that I had for a husband um, and the thing that I expected of myself is that we would love Jesus more than we love each other and that's also a thing that we're Growing. Yeah, I think exactly that. I think my words are just um, constantly teaching myself to prioritize Jesus over my family. And that's it, yeah. Yeah, I think um, that's a good one. And then also just um, continue learning to honor the other person. Our nature can get ugly. Honor that person because you love them. Yeah, I think, um, again, agreeing with everything, keeping the Lord foremost, and it's, it's sometimes hard when you are in a busy stage of life, um, and, 
and seeking to be a servant. Um, and, and I would also say being able to communicate well. Yeah, not, not much more to add from all of that. I think the, the servant heart thing probably encompasses it all. One can, uh, I think selfishness is, is a, a big uh, kind of danger in any relationship, uh, especially in marriage. And so that kind of selflessness and, and, and looking to, to please your, your spouse uh, and, and putting yourself second sometimes, I think that, that's very important. Great. Well, thanks to our panel. Honor you guys and the marriages that you have and the examples that you've said. We're really blessed that you've shared with us this evening. And we just want to thank you. They will make themselves available after the service. If there was a question that wasn't asked or if they said something you didn't understand, come and find them and they will more than happily give you some of their time because they love community. Our series on community and relationships has come to an end, but we're going to go into worship now. So um, the worship team can come up. You can stand. I'm going to pray for us and, uh, and we're going to go into a time of worship.